Welcome to Ladies Who Launch, not your average business podcast. Dropping every other Wednesday, Alyssa and Dakota are two successful and opinionated marketing entrepreneurs engaging in insightful conversations with industry thought leaders, as well as casual conversations surrounding our lives as entrepreneurs. Welcome back to another episode of Ladies Who Launch on a very cold and dreary morning in the city of Calgary. Um, I just put my flowers back outside. They've been in my kitchen for the last two days because it's Calgary and it snowed. So welcome. How's it going today, Dakota? It's. I'm so happy it's Friday. You don't even understand. It's a long weekend too in Canada. So there you go. Work this week has been amazing, like so fulfilling, so wonderful. But it's that time when I'm just like, okay, I've put in my due here. I need a, I need like a tiny technical break. I need to put my phone away. So I'm actually leaving tomorrow to go to the mountains where there's no reception for a night. And I'm, I'm not talking to anybody. I'm very excited. Well, probably except me, but... Well, except you, which is fine. I'll be sending you things. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, it is a long weekend. So, um, as we get into summer, everybody get out and enjoy the long weekends. There's so few of them and we have such short summers in Calgary and in Canada generally. So as entrepreneurs, here's my tip to you, everyone just yeah, enjoy, enjoy. But before we dive into today's episode, um, I just want to quickly tell you about something, Alyssa, and I want to tell all you guys about something too. Um, the reason this week was so fulfilling for us was because we worked on a super important project uh, with an organization called Children First Canada. Um, and that project was the Code Pink emergency call on our government to um, look at reopening the schools and looking after our children and youth because they're in a mental health crisis right now. So I just want to say if you guys have seen the, the Code Pink hashtag on social media, please pay attention to it and do what you can to spread the word just because um, our children right now in Canada are under extreme mental health pressures. Suicides have doubled um, in from over, from over t- in 2019. Um, there's been just, just horrible, horrible news coming out about uh, kids and youth going through hell. Um, and honestly, they're probably being the most affected by this pandemic so if you see that hashtag, please share co- the content um, just because we are trying to get the eyes of our government to do something. Um, and it's an amazing, amazing cause. So thank you. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. The Dakota Talk. Uh, no, that's really important. I don't think... Um, we've talked a lot about how women have been affected through the co- through COVID and adversely, more adversely affected than men. But um, we haven't really talked a lot about kids and youth and how difficult it's been to be in school, out of school and kids that are at home in abusive homes that don't now have a way to get out. And anyway, it's Uh, yeah. If they can't go to school, so many stories. Yeah. Like, I mean, a lot of kids rely on meals when they're at school as well. Um, So that's a huge problem. And we understand that schools are probably a hot spot for sure. But now that people are getting vaccinated, um, just some of these closures, I don't want to have a political opinion because that's not what I do on the podcast or on my own social media. 
But let's just say that kids are in crisis and this is a really great way to just spread the word on some things we can do to make it better for them. Um, Yeah. And I think it would also help other people too, because the kids being at home thing has been really awful with on parents as well. So anyway. Yes. Teachers are in a crisis too, but that's a whole other. Well, everybody's in crisis. Everyone's in crisis. (laughs) Anyway, on better and happier topics, our guest today is one of like the coolest people on the planet. And I've kind of been teenage girl jealous of her since I met her like six, six years ago ish, five years ago. Um, I met Britta Kokomore, um, during the exposure photography festival, which is a a festival and a sort of promotion for uh, photographers in Alberta. And Britta was on the board of that. And I was producing that festival. Um, yeah, like five, six years ago, it was a bazillion years ago. And she was always the coolest and she always sort of came into the meetings, like had this really like always dressed like super cool. And I was always like in like schlubby, like after work clothes. And she was always super cool. But, um, to see how she's progressed over the last six years in her career and her photography and videography business, and to see how she's totally become this like amazing sort of icon in Calgary of women in photography and women in business has been the coolest to be, to witness. And now this is the first time I've had a chance to talk to her in a few years since I want, I tried to buy her bike and that didn't work out. So it's been a couple of years since I rode your bike in the back of your apartment in Kensington, but that's, that's really it. Um, and her current fiance is, she met at the night of the exposure photography festival fundraiser which is also interesting. So I feel that Britta and I are connected on some sort of cosmic level. And I just feel super cool just being in her presence. And I feel cool that um, she has joined us today. So everybody welcome Britta Kokomore from Kokomore Studio, which is like the coolest website, Instagram feed. If you go look, we'll have everything linked, but she's doing some awesome work. So welcome Britta. We're so excited. Hi, thank you. Wow, you flatter me. Holy moly. I feel like we're connected to Alyssa. It is weird how, right? How people come into your life and then you don't see yeah. them or talk to them for a while and then everything comes full circle. And then when you contacted us because you just discovered our podcast and then it was like, wait, that's Alyssa. And you realized it was us. Like, I was losing. I was losing my mind. I was like, I know her. I know her. Wait, I know her. <laughs> Oh, that is so cool. So, okay. And that is so cool (laughs) because we're obsessed with you too. I know. (laughs) Oh, anyways, I'm so excited about this. I'm, um, I obviously, uh, just met Britta today, but I've known about her for a long time, um, through our wonderful friend, Lana Rogers. That's kind of how I first caught wind of Kokomar studio and Britta and started following you. Um, I've been doing photography since I was 15 years old, uh, but I'm no, in no way, shape or form a photographer, but it's a big passion of mine. So yeah, fangirl over here. Um, Amazing. But anyways, uh, Alyssa, I will let you continue on your introduction here and I'm just going to enjoy. Yeah, it's funny. Um, I do think it is interesting how people reconnect for in ways that you never really expect, but the reason why 
aside from us being fangirls of Britta, but the reason why I wanted to chat today because is because Britta's gone, like we all have in the last little while, undergone some transitions in personal and professional life and how her business is, has changed in the last little while and sort of being out really on her own now and how that's a, how that that we as women sometimes don't see when we need to make changes and how that can affect things so Britta why don't you like tell us a little bit about how you started in photography and become and your a bit of your entrepreneur journey to where you are now yeah well I I have been taking pictures for as long as I can remember like my dad gave me a, a camera. Gosh, like I was young, 14 or something. And, you know, then in high school, we had kind of a, a visual arts program where we did photo. And I feel so lucky because I have always known what I was going to be. No doubt. Like I've never, never had the thought of like, what am I going to be when I grew up, grow up? I have always known I was going to be a photographer. And so, I mean, I think I was in grade 11. I photographed my first wedding. Totally had no idea what I was doing on film. (laughs) Oh my God. Wow. (laughs) And then, um, you know, I went to AU Arts, which was ACAD back in the day. And that's where I studied photo. And, um, you know, just... Fake it till you make it. Really, I just started. Yeah, forever. We're always oh, faking it till we make it. Like forever. right, <laughs> right. Yeah. And um, yeah. And then shortly after I graduated, um, I went into a business partnership with a classmate, and we, gosh, we were in business together for probably like eight years, I want to say, a really long time, really long time to be in business together. And we went our separate ways uh, last year to this time. Like I remember that happening and then like literally COVID hitting the same time. It was just like crisis. Yeah. (laughs) What's going to happen? What am I doing? And and that's when I went... I, I, I really, at that, that was a crazy time because I really had to take a good look at myself and what I was doing. Like I even went and saw a career counselor. Cause I was like, am I supposed to be doing this? Is this, cause it was terrifying splitting with my business partner, terrifying and going out like, am I going to do this on my own kind of thing? And I, you know, I came back full circle and realized, yeah, this is what I want to do. But it was a very profoundly like spiritual experience. I had to get super clear on my why. Like, why am I doing this? And what do I have to offer? And I like, who's Britta if I'm not a photographer kind of thing. And that's how Kokomore Studio was born. And we were all glad it did because as I said before, Thanks. it's really, you've done an amazing job with developing your own brand, which we'll talk about in a second, but talk a little bit about breaking up a business partnership. And you don't have to go into detail of of mm-hmm. the difficulties, but just generally the purpose of 
why you join together and over eight years, it's kind of like a personal relationship, right? You either grow together or you don't. And, and what that looks like when you separate, so to speak. Oh yeah. Like I will, cause I've, you know, also been divorced in my personal life and I will, you know, equate it to that. Like our business partnership was like a marriage. We would always joke and be like, that's oh, my work wife, you know? And, um, it was profoundly difficult and, and emotional, um, making that decision to go separate ways. But, you know, now that I'm through the, those emotions, um, you know, with, with both partners, I have nothing but gratitude because holy, do I feel aligned and I don't know, like I wouldn't have, I don't think I would have gotten to this place in my life without those two people. And without that hardship, I have learned so much about myself, you know? How is your business now different as Britta versus Britta and partner? Hmm. Well, I... Kokomore Studio is so authentically me, you know? And I think when I was in my business partnership, there was just something missing or something I always felt like I had to hide of myself or um, couldn't bring fully to the table because there was someone else um, and, and not their fault. Right. But, and now it's like, it's, I don't have to turn to anyone. I don't have to ask anyone. I don't have to, you know, pick up the phone and be like, Oh, let me just check before I make a decision, you know, and I can do whatever I want. And it's like, I feel like the, the ceiling has lifted in a way, you know, and now I'm doing more than just photo, like more than I ever thought I could do. You know, I've launched into video, I'm starting a nonprofit, um, doing all this volunteer work, you know, um, getting back into fashion photography, which I love and didn't do for years and years and years. Um, you know, so I, it, I am so glad I decided to stick with it. <laughs> you know, I'm so, so glad. I think we are too. Um, <clears throat> I'm just hearing so many parallels to my own life <laughs> listening to you because I think one of the greatest kind of gifts that I was given throughout my process of also having a business partner and also having a life partner and then not was realizing who I am as a human and what I need to be successful. And um, I love having a team around me and I do have a team now that I've put together, but in realizing how I work and how I lead, um, and how I manage things and, and really realizing the, the hard lesson that I don't play well with everybody <laughs> and I don't work well with everybody. And so now I only align myself when I'm working with people, um, with people who are like-minded with the way that they do things. And my business partner, as much as I, my former business partner, as much as I loved her to death and we're still very good friends, um, we just did not work in the same way. And so I can't, I, I can't resonate with you more with just feeling that weight coming off your shoulders, 
reigniting your passion for what you're doing um, and really kind of understanding, yeah, I'm going to do something cool with this, but it's going to be on my terms kind of thing. Right? hundred percent. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, and it's like, yeah, I just feel like my arms are wide open now. Like I'm just, I'm free as a bird. And what a feeling because I didn't realize like how unhappy I was in my, you know, my marriage and my business partnership, you know, and, and they probably were too, right? Like, Mm -hmm. but it's just making those steps, like making those hard decisions, but holy, is it worth it? You know? And it's scary. It's scary. Super too. scary. Because yeah. in a partnership, we didn't realize how much we leaned on each other. And and now on my own, I've really had to up my game because it's like, there's no one to blame. Yeah. You know, there's no one to y- y- fall back on. Yeah. No, it's thing. true. Yeah. It's kind of all on you, right? And like the grass is always greener on either side, right? Because yeah. you're like, I would love help, but you know, X, Y, and Z. So Yeah. Yeah. Like the operations are you, the business is you, the business development is you, the client management is you. (laughs) Yeah. Everything. It's great. But so just because our listeners will not really know, you know, what everything that you're doing, do you want to just give us a quick like summary of, of all that you are and all that you're doing and all that Kokomore Studio encompasses? Yeah, sure. Um, so like I'm a, trained photographer. So I primarily do, um, photography, mostly commercial advertising, a bit of editorial, and then a lot of architectural photography. Um, you know, in, in Calgary to make a living, you do have to be able to do a lot of things across the board. Um, and then, uh, I've also launched into video, um, kind of specializing in brand videos for small to medium businesses. Um, and then uh, I'm starting a nonprofit called the Cameras for Kids Foundation. Oh my God, that's the coolest so cool. thing. Yeah. Tell us a little more about that one. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it's um it's something I'm super passionate about. Uh because I, I you know, I was looking for a way, like, what can I do that's more than just like volunteering photography all the time, you know, which I, I love volunteering, but something a little bit more and uh, I, I don't know, a couple months ago, just like, bam, this idea came to me and cause everybody I meet has a camera lying around their house, you know, that they don't use. They're like, ah, oh, yeah, I bought this camera. I don't use it. And so, and, and photography is like an art form that's inherently expensive. It's not like you can just go to Michael's, like you buy a paintbrush and a canvas, right. And you can buy that for 20 bucks and start painting, you know? Um, and so there's a lot of students and young people, I think in our city that might not have the opportunity to explore this, like to explore photography. And so I want to bridge that gap. I want to get these cameras that people are willing to donate and, you know, get them to kids and partner, um, like kind of bridge, bridge that gap to source, refurbish and supply cameras to maybe schools and programs for, for, for kids. Yeah. That's amazing. So if anybody out there has cameras they would like to donate, please DM me. And it's so true. People will buy a DSLR or they'll get one for a gift or they'll have like a little Canon, like a point and shooter or like a super cool vintagey one, just like chilling in their closet. And unless you, you love it, 
like DSLRs can actually be really hard to learn how to use properly. Um, like they can take years to figure out. You take courses on them, right? So that's really cool because it's true. We all do have stuff lying around. Yeah. Just Why collecting not? dust. And kids love that stuff because yes, as you said, photography is an art form. Like, so it's, they can have the opportunity to express themselves, but they also love gadgets. So like to give kids the opportunity to play with um, cameras and all that kind of stuff, it, it opens up that sort of gadgety part of their mind while they're also participating in an art form. And so that's a cool way to bring those two things together. And especially, like you said, it's super expensive. I mean, most kids will never like in, 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 most kids will never own in a DSLR. And so to give kids the opportunity to, to play with a Canon or, or a Nikon camera is, is super cool. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, and I, I know we all got our phones Yeah, we can take pictures there, but I want, you know, uh, like photography has changed my life. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, you know, especially maybe a, a kid in a vulnerable situation that could really, that could really change the course of their life if they discover and love photography and, um, you know, can learn, learn, dive a little bit more deep, deeper into the, the practice of it, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, I'll never forget. So I, I used to work at Blacks when I was six (gasps) years old. Blacks. Yeah. I know. I know. So I worked at Blacks when I was like 16 and in West Hills, um, I actually worked at a number of those stores because I grew up in West Hills for the latter half of my life. I worked actually at um, oh, now I'm gonna forget the name. That's so embarrassing. The per- it's got like a it had like a purple logo. It was a, a women's clothing store. It was right smack dab in the middle beside where SCOA is now. Oh, Plum. Plum. I worked at Plum too, and they were such a Go cool West company. Hills. Yeah, out of Vancouver. <laughs> so anyway, Blacks. I remember when I started. Um, I didn't even know I liked photography. You know, this is how it happens. Totally. And I just, I just remember my boss being like, "Hey, Dakota, like, if you want to take one of the DSLRs out and like, at, you know, they're like a thousand dollars. He's they're like, you can sign one out as a staff member and like mess around with it on the weekend and and borrow it so that you can get to know the equipment and then just like, you know, expand your passion. And I remember I borrowed one of our Nikon's and just fell ahead. Of, no, it was a Canon. I think it was the Rebel. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh my god. And I just like died with excitement. And it was then when I took that camera home, I saved for years to buy one. And then down the line, my aunt surprised me at one of my birthdays and bought me a beautiful Nikon. Um, And I still have that to this day and I shoot with it for work Um, because we do a lot of social media photography and like a lot of product photography and a lot of food photography and people photography, like portraiture and stuff. and anyway, yeah, I'll just never forget like how excited I was that I had this very important piece of equipment that took such beautiful photos. Um, and like to this day, I, w- I have a I have a Huawei P30 Pro. It's like one of the best cameras on the market from like a phone perspective, but nothing tops taking out your DSLR or a classic camera um, and and just taking proper photography. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. So I think that exactly. nonprofit. Yes. yes. And then I remember the first time I stepped into a, um, a black room uh, in high school, I, I started dabbling with like, um, and 
all of the terminology is escaping me now, but just like, you know, film. like film. Yes. Film. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in a dark room. You yes. know what? Back what? in the day with film. <laughs> yeah. Remember film? <laughs> Wow, that was like a millennial moment. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> I ever had one. Uh, anyways, yes, when I used to dabble with film, something we call film. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, kids but, Google that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not even kidding. Like my dream when I quote retire, which I never will truly do, is to like move to Salt Spring Island and just take pictures all day and to build a, like a black room in my house. Right. Yeah. There is something cool. That's like my dream is, too. Film's oh, like perfect. vinyl. It's all coming back now, right? Everybody wants to, is pulling out old film cameras. Like another photographer friend of mine, Jeremy Fokins, who you probably know, mm-hmm. he, he shoots a lot in film now uh, just for fun and to be able to process. So it's, yeah, everything everything's cyclical, right? Like just, yeah, like everybody's listening to vinyl again now. Um, and nobody that's listening to vinyl was alive when vinyl was a thing in the 70s, right? So. It, it is funny how it all comes back. And so like for kids now to be able to pick up a, uh, an antique um, Canon Rebel from like the early 2000s or mid 2000s would yeah. be, yeah, it would be like us picking up an old um, point and shoot, right? It's kind of, yeah. it's interesting how everything always comes back. But in regards to photography, and so we can talk about it from a business perspective, which we've done and how you've you've had to create this new sort of existence for Britta Kokomore and Kokomore Studios now being on your own. I know that we've talked about this and Britta and I have talked about this when we were um, chatting before the interview and how much women do not like getting their photos taken and why we're all like that because we all are. It doesn't matter how beautiful you are or think you are or not, or how ugly you think you are or whatever. We all hate having our photos taken, but, and I'm just as bad because I'm still using, I'm using headshots that um, Neil Zeller took of me like three years ago. So or whatever, I'm just as bad. But from a business perspective, and if you're an entrepreneur, you need good photos. Like for you, as you and as your business. So talk a little bit about like you said you do brand shoots and and portraiture, but like what the process looks like for someone wanting new headshots or wanting new brand photos and as a new entrepreneur or a seasoned entrepreneur, why it's so important and why the process actually isn't scary. Like everybody thinks it's going to be. Right, 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 right. Yeah. It, this is a little bit of of a rant, but (laughs) I mind why people don't invest in good imagery. Um, and that's a big part of, um, my process is actually educating people on the value of good photography and video. And because like people will spend so much money on a website and a really beautiful website, but you put in bad photos that's going to bring the whole quality down. You know, um, you put a selfie up on your LinkedIn page, (laughs) like it just, it, it brings the quality down, you know? Um, and images are everything, you know, like high quality imagery. I think that's what, that's what gets us through a website. That's what keeps us clicking. You know what I mean? That's what keeps us scrolling. Yeah. Right. Um, and so I, I 
like not just because it's my paycheck, but yeah. I do like think I, I, I really encourage people to invest in good, good imagery of themselves, high quality, um, you know, but sure. If you want to hire your brother's friends, sister, kid to hide, do your photos. Sure. But, um, I think, no, I no. think you'll always come back full circle. <laughs> like you're just not going to be happy. You know, oh, I'm laughing over here because how many times have I heard, Ugh. Oh, my friend's daughter's brother or my friend's daughter or my niece can do my social media management. Oh, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> well, I get it's like, like, it's like, okay, sure. People, yeah. But no. Yeah, sure, sure. And I get people all the time who ask me to quote and then they're like, ooh, you're, you know, you're a little bit expensive. My my friend's kid can do it for 50 bucks. Okay, sure. How about her? But you're not going to be. And then they come back and they're like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm hire you now. because <laughs> I didn't Well, play. I think <laughs> photography is like, I mean, we're all in that service-based business, like um, social and um, PR and, and photography. And everybody looks at that and like you quote on something. And it's like, oh, this is expensive. And it's like, yeah, but do you actually understand what goes into all of this? No, they don't. I mean, that's partly because every 17-year-old is on TikTok and thinks they're TikTok experts. And everyone of our generation has a smartphone and thinks we take awesome Instagram photos. So I get it that people think, well, I can just do this. But we provide expertise and we provide the strategy and we provide the direction. So when someone comes in for headshots or brand photos, you're not just thinking of them standing there in a black suit, like looking all like I'm power CEO. You have a vision of meeting the person and understanding their personality and their business that you're shooting for the larger picture, not just to get a photo of them in their black power suit. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like I, like for me and why, why I do photography in the first place is like, um, I'm a very relational person. So I really want to anybody, any subject, I want to get to know them a little bit better, you know, and really take a photo that is true to who they are um, as a person, you know, so that that then they'll love their picture, right? I don't want them to pretend that they're anything they're not in front of the camera, you know? Um, But, you know, with that said, we're so bombarded with imagery um, and this is a huge reason too, why women are so uncomfortable, right? We're, it's, it's similar to what you were saying with, um, in one of your previous episodes with Amber, right? We're so conditioned, um, by, you know, celebrity and magazines and that we have to look a certain way that it's nerve wracking in front of the camera, you know? Yeah. And, um, absolutely. And I think we've all been we've all had bad photos taken and I oh, think that's sure. also a big we've all either spent money or whatever on headshots or photos and you're just like oh my god and so it is kind of like it is scary to think okay if I if I put out this money for Britta to do them will I know that they're going to come out how I want them to and and that's the difference between an experienced photographer and a non-experienced photographer um it, like how the like, photos are shot. Almost everyone tells me that they're not photogenic. And I say, that's my job. You don't need to worry about that. That's my job. Yeah. You know? Um, and 
it's funny. Actually, I have a story to tell you. I volunteer with um, a company called Donati that um, employs vulnerable women in out of Nepal. And so I've traveled there a couple times to do some photography for them. And I'm taking photos of these women and these Nepali women. And I'm always so nervous to show people their photos right after their photos have been taken because they're so aware of themselves. And they come to my computer because I'm tethering. And they're like, oh, I'm beautiful. They've never oh. seen their photo taken before, ever. Oh. Right? Oh. They don't have the, the phones and the social media and the constant bombardment of imagery. Like they were legit, all of them crying, like, I, I feel gorgeous. I'm a model. Wow. Like I've never had, like, you know, and Ugh. it's in such contrast because here right away, first thing women tell me, can you make me look thinner? Take my wrinkles away that, you know, right away, that's what they're yeah. seeing, you know, and what a difference, you know, and it, it moved me so much because yeah, it makes me sad how we as women are so hard on ourselves, you know, and, and we've all <laughs> like, our minds are very powerful. We've all, you know, looked at a photo from a year or two years ago or five years ago and been like, wow, I really remember feeling like crap in that photo. And when was I thinking I look so good, mm-hmm. right? It's a mind yeah. thing. It. <laughs> and it's amazing how, like when you're talking about I mean, the Nepali women, which is just like so powerful, but even like my friends or, or, or colleagues and things that have, uh, invested in quality photography for their business and for their brand, that they are more, they are so excited to show off these photos because they can't believe how great they look and how the photographer captured them. And it's, so it's interesting how it also changes when you get photos back that you're proud of. And it's like, I, I look good. And then it changes your own perception. It's like, yeah, maybe that photo that my friend took on Instagram, yeah, I'm not looking good there, but that isn't how I look all the time. So that's also a big win in sort of women's empowerment of, of, of getting great photos and having a great photographer take your photos and looking and feeling beautiful. And you feel you can show them to people because you're excited about them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And like what I would recommend too, like if you're thinking about getting your photo taken or updating your headshot is like, you know, not only invest in a good photographer that you feel like you've got a connection with, but like hire a makeup artist, go get a blowout done. Come showing, feeling like really killer about yourself too. Like you need to feel good, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Britta, I kind of feel like there's a cool opportunity here to start another nonprofit. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Where maybe we'll talk offline. Yeah. But anyways, um, I don't know. I feel like there's an empowerment piece here that yeah. isn't being done. Um, oh my God. I can't count the amount of times I like was just so obsessive about my self image, like for all of my twenties, it's still not amazing, but like I've gotten substantially better at just like really accepting who I am and loving myself. Um, just been working really hard on that the last three years in particular and doing actually a lot of like 
self-love work with like professionals. Mm. Um, and I'm not talking like, like counselors for sure, but like, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Mark Groves or, um, Lacey Phillips, two amazing kind of like coaches that help people with self-love. But all that to say that the amount of times I went and did photo shoots to do something nice for my ex hubby. And because like, bless him, he's a great guy, but he he has some interesting outlooks on things and I won't go into that here. Plus, you know, our relationship was kind of crumbling towards the end. Just like the times I felt like shit, like it wasn't enough, you know, and I went and got the blowout and I went, but I just didn't maybe have the best photographer or the photographer just like didn't really have their heart in it. Um, But even when they did, like just the way my mind would work, you know, like with the whole, oh, I'm not skinny enough or, oh no, that's showing or that problem area is showing or I hate my hairline, like just stupid things where your where your mind goes. And it's just incredible how if like if you don't have the right photographer, it can actually be like not a great experience. I remember dreading my wedding photos because I had some severe body dysmorphia issues happening happening. But luckily for me, I had the most incredible photographer. And we did a boudoir shoot and I was so nervous, but I had my bestie with me. And the photographer was amazing and they just coached me through it. And it was so much fun. And those, I still have some of those photos that like I want to hang up in my house, even though I'm not married anymore, because I looked fucking hot. Yeah. (laughs) Like you look back and it's an empowering thing. Yeah. Yeah. But that's an interesting point though. That's an interesting point about the photographer making you feel comfortable because I've been in photo shoots even as the, as the director of the photo shoot with the, with a client or with on a, on a brand shoot with um, a company. And you realize very quickly that like hire, this photographer was a mistake for this type of shoot because they aren't making the subjects or the situation feel comfortable. And I think that goes a long way too, in terms of under like, that you and your photographer have a pretty intimate relationship, no matter what the style of photos, whether you're doing boudoir photos or just headshots, like there's an intimacy there that you have to know that the photographer sees you, how you want to be seen and that they make you comfortable and that they're not putting you in situations or poses that make you uncomfortable because it is a relationship. And I think that sometimes if people have had a bad relationship with a photographer or with anyone shooting photos, that that's what you go back to in your head immediately because, oh, so-and-so like in this situation, it, it made me uncomfortable or whatever. So it's kind of, I mean, I'm glad to see more and more women photographers in the space because there is a connection there. It's just like how women sometimes don't like want to go to women physicians, right? It's a comfort level. And so there, if you're doing especially boudoir shots or anything that's a little more uh, intimate, there is a, like having another woman shoot it somehow already puts you in a better space. Maybe that's just me, but I think that probably goes for a lot of women. Oh yeah. I would think so. Especially with like boudoir photography, um, that kind of thing. And like, it is a very male dominated industry. Like I only usually quote against men, especially in commercial um, advertising and that kind of thing. Um, yeah. but 
it's funny. Everybody assumes I shoot weddings. I think because I'm female, it's like that's the, the only yeah, thing. Really? Oh, oh no, weddings and babies. Oh, like wedding no. season's coming up. Hey, you must be getting busy. I'm like, no. You're like, no, no. That is one thing no. I would never. Not, and I mean, it. It well, never. it's weddings would be a nightmare. I can't even. Never. I did that for a long time. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, I'm introverted person and it just, it takes a lot of energy. You really have to have the right personality type because it's go, 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 go. Plus I like my weekends. So yeah, (laughs) but, but to bring it back, I kind of had the thought I, it's funny. I, my mom growing up, she was the kind of mom that like if we went to a hotel room, she'd like make us clean it and make the bed before we left. Oh yeah. You always, my mom did that too. Yeah. Make sure that like things are better, like left better than when you first showed up. And yes, that's how I want to approach my photography. And with people, I want people to feel, leave feeling better than when they came in. And that, that's so that love it. Takes... There's your tagline, Britta. <laughs> oh my God. And that's but what we that, need more of. Yeah. Yes. It takes like really honing in on the cues of like, Oh, they might, uh, they might be a little uncomfortable here or let's have a conversation, you know, let's have a conversation before the photo shoot and find out like what, what, um, what triggers, what are your insecurities? What was your experience before? What are your expectations? You know? And then that's how I can develop kind of like, um, the, the vibe of the shoot and really to make people feel at ease and comfortable. Absolutely. You know. Honestly, like I think it's, it goes beyond just having a shitty experience in the past. I think people, everyone has trauma. Everyone carries trauma with them. You know, some of us more than others, like some women, you know, were in highly abusive, potentially highly abusive relationships in the past, emotionally or physically. And if I can only imagine somebody who had been in that position wanting to get photos of themselves or trying to do something from a self-love perspective, but just being so terrified because they were told they weren't good enough for most of their lives. Um, I think that it's so beautiful that part of your business is that you kind of walk that line before you work with someone. Just because I, I know I've been in many situations where I've taken pictures of people where I've seen all those insecurities come out and I was too young and just too inexperienced to know how to handle it. And I just always used to be very frustrated, like, well, no, it's fine. You look great. But like, no, that's not good enough. Like you have to, as a photographer, you're almost kind of like a counselor. Like you've got to understand the triggers a little bit, right? Because otherwise it can be a really uncomfortable experience for both parties and not knowing who that other person is and and what they are looking for from this. Mm-hmm. Like maybe they're just there because work told them to be. Maybe they're there because they're trying to do it for themselves. Maybe it's part of their job. Um, But yeah, I think like most of the world is actually quite uncomfortable getting their photo taken. Totally. I I am even like, I can really empathize with people. Um, It's, it's. That's why you're behind the camera. (laughs) That's why I'm behind the camera. Yeah. (laughs) I still try to update my headshots. (laughs) But, um, you know, like I I can definitely empathize. But then I just try to take a step back and remind them like, hey, it's not a big deal. The worst thing that happens is we reshoot it. Whatever. You know what? And all the blinking photos, they go in the garbage. All the awkward looking photos, they go away. Like, it's okay, you know? And, um, let's just hang out and have a conversation and, and really we're, we're just spending time together. Um, 
that that that's all it is, you know? And it works with me because like, I'm not a transactional person. I'm really, really relational. Like I genuinely want to have relationships with my clients and love it when it turns into a friendship and, um, you know, and so this isn't just like the, what am I trying to say? Like, it's not about just getting a photo yeah, and moving on. This like, isn't, no, exactly. Yeah. You're not in exactly. this to become a millionaire. You're in no. this because you love it and you're, you're doing your passion every day as your job. I want to see people succeed and small businesses and medium sized businesses. Like I want to build long lasting relationships and help them grow their business, you know, and, you know, be friends along the way. And so whether that's one person in for a headshot or a a large company, it's the same, same thing. I would like to say just in in reference to your mom, because you talked about your mom, the photos that you did of your mom that you posted on your Instagram are beautiful. Your mom is amazing. She just turned 75. Like, like, what a babe, right? She's so beautiful. Just, I mean, everything about your mom just comes through in those photos, not even knowing her, but just because you mentioned her, I was like, oh. She's like everyone's mom. She's kind of that, that mom that, you know. But, but I look at that too. And my mom has always never wanted to have her photo taken. I mean, my mom is the person, my mom was an, an RN. So everything was always about other people over herself. And I look now and she's a grandma and, but there's no photos of my mom. And I think we all get to the point. It's like, why did we do this? Like she was either always, I mean, back in the day too, she had to be behind the camera taking like the point and shoot, right? Like um, never getting the photo because you're the mom. Yeah. But I, I think everyone needs to take a look at that. It's I'm like a crying. I know. Oh, the moms now. I didn't like, see them. I'm just yeah. looking at them now and I'm so good. gonna ball. Yeah. But to Aww, all the moms you. who are not getting in the photos with their kids because you're, you put on 15 pounds of COVID weight or whatever the deal is, your kids don't care. Like get in the photos, get the family photos done because you don't want to be an adult, like an adult child now. And like, I don't have any pictures of my mom. I mean, she's still yeah. here. I shouldn't say it. I mean, but like that, yeah. that, those things are important. And I think we need to understand that having photos and having memories of all the things are important. And so yeah, take the photos of you in your bathing suit that you don't want to get into. It's like, seriously, you're the only one that cares. I'll never, we're all the stars of our own show. That's Absolutely. for sure. I'll never forget what my best friend said when we were doing the boudoir shoot. Um, this girl is just such a light and such a gem. But anyways, we were, I was like laying on this leather chair and I had lingerie on and I'm like, my stomach's crinkly. <laughs> and she's like, Dakota you're going to look back on these photos in like five years and it's been five years. And she's like, and you're going to be like, holy shit, I was hot. <laughs> she's like, and I do. And I'm like, oh my God. But it's so funny at the time how we, yeah. Anyway, back to your mom. Holy, yeah. not to get Are sad beautiful here. photos? Not to get sad here, but my mom passed away when I was 24. So like that just killed me for a minute because like they are just so beautiful and the emotion. I was like, I have to go look at these immediately. Wow. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really proud of them. I'm close with my mom and we did a, I think on one of the Instagram posts, I posted the original portrait. I did it back in 2007 of us. And, um, with my mom's birthday approaching, I thought I want to redo this portrait because we've come so far, you know, um, in our 
personal lives and and together in our relationship as a mom and daughter and um yeah so we just spent a day in the studio together and took those photos and we had so much fun oh man so thank you I I love them thanks I mean I think that's a everyone go look at the photos because if you have a mom and you're a grown adult and your mom is a senior now think about doing that because to me that call me call Britta because those are such great memories like how did we say yeah we hired a makeup artist and we got our hair done and we went and got you know some clothing like got a stylist and we just went all out and 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 had a great time and like those now you have forever and your mom has those and now you it's uh, yeah it's a whole it's a bigger thing than just getting a photo like a photo just means so much more and I look now I mean I had photos done for a magazine that I was in um, a few years ago and I mean they're great uh, they're fine photos but the person who shot them isn't probably who I would pick for a photographer. I mean, I didn't get to choose. And so I look back now and I think they could have just been better if there would just been more of a understanding of my personality and more of a, a sense of who I was, because while they look good, I just, they're not me, so to speak. Feel authentic. And I, they don't feel authentic. And so that's also the key too, is that with the multitude of photographers out there, you have the choice to find the one that makes you comfortable and the one you get along with and the one you feel that like Britta said, has, you can have a relationship with, like you shouldn't just be hiring the cheapest photographer to do your headshots every couple of years. You want the person that kind of has grown with you and see your business grow or see your family grow and understands the you as a person, because those will be reflected in the photos as opposed to just being in front of a green screen. Yep. Absolutely. Anyway, we've been, yeah. this, this has yeah. been the best Amazing. chat. Yeah. I, well, I, don't, I know. I don't want it to end. Over. I don't, I don't want it to end. Either. <laughs> I have so many ideas too. We always get so many ideas out of our cast with our guests. We'll, we'll talk again. Yeah. So oh, we're, yeah. We're going to have yeah, totally. We're going to yes. days. We're now besties. It's clear. Yeah. yeah. It's happening. <laughs> happening. But I do have three really quick questions for you okay. Britta, before we wrap mm-hmm. up. So what are you reading right now? that you love? I am reading, I just finished it. It was great. Um, they ask you answer by Marcus Sheridan. Mar- it's a marketing book. Oh, awesome. I've heard of that one. It was really good. Okay. Really, really good. Really good. Nice. Um, they talk a lot about video in there that I took a lot from. Um, so that was good. So that's what I just finished. Cool. And what was your biggest takeaway from the book? Um, well, it, it kind of says it in the title, like, they ask you answer, answer the questions that your clients are asking, you know, like we, we tend to be, want to beat around the bush, um, as entrepreneurs, like if they're like, how much you charge? Oh, we don't really want to say because I might be too much or not enough. And, you know, it's like, just answer their question because that, you know, Mm -hmm. that builds good trust. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know that kind of thing so absolutely huge kind of simple rule. but you're like ding 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 I know oh, yeah <laughs> you're like oh right we can have a whole we can have a That'd whole conversation easy. on the on people yeah. not wanting to reveal their rates it's like a I don't oh. know, yeah totally oh totally anyway. so anyways uh, I highly highly recommend it if you are uh, own a business and you sell something like highly recommend it okay mm-hmm. good 
So who do you, um, who do you look up to? Like, who are you looking up to right now? Or like, who have you just always, uh, you up guys? To? No, <laughs> stop. Uh, no. yeah. This literally wow. binged your whole podcast. Yeah. You're the one. No, I'm just kidding. You're going to make me cry again. No. <laughs> I'm a very emotional person. Yeah. Yeah. I am too. We've cried on this podcast. Oh God. Many a time, I cry but... probably once a day. Don't worry. Yeah. Okay. Oh, um, <laughs> wow. That's <sighs> extremely flattering. Thank you. <laughs> uh, well, we look up to you too, Britta. Like, oh. I cannot wait to actually get to know you so much more. I'm going to take your photo. I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> Ladies who wait. launch photos. Exciting soon. Oh, I'm going to be popping some champagne that day. I'll be bringing. Oh, some yeah. Champagne. I will be bringing some champs. And then we kind of talked about this, but like, do you have any other, like, what are your ambitions for 2021, 22? And it doesn't even have to be work related. Do you have any other thing mm. that you're like really focusing on over the next? Traveling year? again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where are you going to go first place? Oh, well, you know, I really want to go um, to Brussels. My best friend lives there and we were supposed to go see each other. We had a trip to Italy planned. And so I'm going to resurrect that as soon as humanly possible. Awesome. Um, Yeah. But I mean, business wise, I want to focus on this nonprofit. I want to, you know, um, I'm looking at hiring my first employee. Wow. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I really want to keep like videos pretty new. Um, I've only been at it for just over a year. So really growing and expanding that side of my business. Um, kind of all things I'm sort of focusing on. And then of course, just like constantly meeting new people. Amazing. I can't wait to see where everything goes and to just get involved. <laughs> yes. Yes. I want you involved. I know. Well, we'll be, we've been your like private fangirls forever. Now we're going to be your public fan. We're like, hi. <laughs> like, it's a good thing you're so like accepting. We're like, hey, here we are. Yes. <laughs> Show up at everything. Hi. It's like it's how we were. With, it's like how we were with Lana too. I mean, she's known us for a little, but like, I remember. Lana's I, the best. Well, I'd never even met Lana and Alyssa would just go off about how amazing she was all the time. And I'm like, oh my God. I don't know her, but I want to meet her. And then we met and it was just like, kaboom. But I was yep. just like, hi, I'm such a <laughs> I think oh that's how I, I was when I first met her too. I mean, yeah, I've known her for years, but when I first met her too, I was like... Um, yeah. Oh yeah, Lana's so got sparkle. Like, sure. She like shows, up, she like shows up at my house. Um, I had just moved into this little character space in Mission and I was like, come over for cheese and we'll like chill on my deck. And you just knew that it was like magic because she like walks up in her, you know, super fancy Lana clothes, like looking yeah. all chic and effortless. And I'm just like, oh my God, I'm so underdressed right now. But then she was just like, hey, Dakota, oh my God, your house is like a spa. <laughs> just like, I don't know. It was just like, she's so chill and down to earth. Um, she is. She is. That's what I love about the Calgary women entrepreneur landscape is that we can, we all admire each other, whether from a, like usually from afar at the beginning, but ultimately when we all get a chance to just hang out and meet, we are all just fans of each other and want to support each other. And it's actually a very, I don't want to say loving because that's a ridiculous word, but it's a really respectful and, and, and sort of warm space for the most part. Um, and I think we need more of that. And I think as more women get 
get into the entrepreneur space and start running their own businesses. Um, I hope that we can be that for other people, that people have been like that for us. And so to me, it's all paying it forward, right? And I think what we're doing with the podcast, and it's great to get such feedback from you, Britta, because that's the whole point is we want to be able to talk to women about their experiences and being entrepreneurs and showing support and like holding people up because ultimately that's what we're all here for. There's no, there's no competition. And yes, there's always going to be um, people who are in your same space that you're competing with for jobs and all that stuff, but it's not personal. Like it should never be personal. And I think the more we can understand, we all can understand that I think the better we will all be as women in supporting women, as opposed to secretly trying to tear each other down, which I think is why I hate hustle culture so much. But yeah, totally, we, totally. Anyway, yeah. there's my uplifting rant for the day. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> it's okay. I did Couldn't like this weird... better. Yeah. Anyway. All right, ladies. Well, thank you, Britta, for coming on. We, we really loved having you so much. Thanks for having me. I feel so, so, so honored. You're just the bestest. Just the best. Oh. And best wishes for a beautiful day to all of our wonderful listeners. Thank you for listening to Ladies Who Launch. Join Dakota and Alyssa every second Wednesday for more conversations and interesting guests. Be sure to give us a five-star rating and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. If you send us a question, we may answer it on a future episode. 